Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 is where we're parking for a little bit. First couple of verses in that chapter. Let's start at verse number 1. The Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's where true strength comes from, gentlemen. And the things, verse 2, that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. We preached on that last Sunday, what it means to be faithful. Who shall be able to teach others also? We preached on that two weeks ago. Being teachable, teaching others also, teaching to their ability. Now we're in verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're going to be parking on what it means to be a good soldier. Notice, gentlemen, you're going to have to endure some hardness and you're a soldier of Jesus Christ if you're saved. Ladies, you're a soldierette of Jesus Christ if you're saved. And then the Bible says in verse number four, no man that warreth entangling himself with the affairs of this life Oh, that's so easy to do. Life just gets in the way, isn't it? That he may please him. Who are you living to please? Yourself or God? God. God? It's a question we all have to answer daily. Of him, please him, who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Soldier. So listen up, soldiers and soldierettes. The first thing you've got to know is that a soldier is brave. And I got news for you. If you're afraid, that doesn't mean you're not brave. Bravery is facing fear and moving on anyway. You've heard it said... It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Oh yeah, you're a big dog. Oh yeah, you're a big Christian, but you back away as soon as you get a little bit of fear. People don't want to lose. People don't want to be embarrassed. People don't want to be mocked at. People don't want to fail. So it's easier just back away. You've heard it says, if size mattered, the elephant would be the king of the jungle. (laughs) But the elephant isn't the king of the jungle. The lion is. Because he demonstrates no fear, right? He's going to go after it. Can you act in the face of fear? Right now, I want you to close your eyes, boys and girls. I want you to picture something you're afraid of. Maybe it's the dark. Maybe it's dad, (laughs) right? And I want you to picture yourself. Look, you're facing that fear. That is what bravery is. I'm so afraid to talk to this person about Jesus because I know they're just going to, they're just going to let me have it. Face the fear. And don't go after it in the flesh. Trust in the Lord. And face it and go after it. 
Talk to the person. Soldier is brave. How can some ways to be brave? You have to be brave enough to learn. Learn from mom, learn from dad, learn from Sunday school teachers, learn from your friends, learn from other Christians, but be brave enough to learn. You have to be brave enough to try. People don't want to try today. Take what you learn, whatever it is, and try. Do you know how many people sign up for evangelistic courses, yet they never evangelize? Do you know how many people go to Bible school to learn how to share their faith with others or learn how to preach or teach, but they never preach a sermon. They never teach a Sunday school lesson. They never hand a gospel track out. They never want to witness. You got to try. You should have a win and a loss record. Every single one of you children right now, you should have a win-loss, you should have a win record, and you should have a loss record. But you know what you should not have? A not-try record. I never lost. Yeah, but you never won because you never tried. People don't try. They just want to sit back. You got to be brave enough to try. What's worse? The hurt of failure? Or I just never tried to succeed at all. The guy that never tries and the girl that never tries, that pain is worse than the pain of failure. Little boy or the little girl, they don't want to go out there in the match because they're afraid that that boy or that girl is going gonna, is gonna to hurt them. They're afraid that that little boy or that little girl is going to beat them. You got to get out there and try. You got to try. I don't want to tell anybody about Jesus because I'm afraid that boy is going to out-argue me. Try. You never know till you try. Everything that God wants you to be, you know where it is? <laughs> You know where everything God wants you to be is, kids? Adults. It's right on the other side of fear. He's going to want you to walk through some stuff and trust in Him. He's going to want you to face some fears and trust in Him. He's going to want you to learn some things and trust in Him along the way. Be brave enough to learn. Be brave enough to try. Be brave enough to see it through. And stay. Stick around. Stick around. Don't just give up and leave. See it through. In Florida, uh, I-4 is the big uh, highway artery that gets you where you need to go. And somebody built this huge brick foundation, couple story foundation. It's an incomplete foundation. It's an incomplete building and everybody calls that the eyesore on I-4 because it's just the guy didn't see it through. He didn't have enough to finish. He didn't have the plan to get it done. He didn't have the team that was ingenious enough to be able to finish and complete the project. And it's really, it's just this big eyesore on I-4 and that's what people call it. You don't want to be that guy. You've got little foundations built all over the place, but you didn't see anything through. You didn't finish it out. All right, be brave enough to learn. Be brave enough to try.
be brave enough to see it through. Fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run. Or face everything and rise. And that's how people look at life. They're going to they're going to they're going to forget it and they're just going to run out of there. What I'm asking you to do with God's help, you face it and rise from it. Get better from it. Learn from it. Be brave from it. You got to trust God to do it. You're going to be a good soldier, Jesus Christ. And then I want you to be brave enough to care. If you care a little bit, you'll get a little bit of results. If you care a little bit more, you'll get a little bit more results. And if you care a lot, you'll get a lot of results. People today, they just don't care. That's the attitude. Ah, I don't care. I don't care. Be a soldier that's brave enough to care. All right, let's get Proverbs 29. It doesn't matter most that you've learned something. We all learn things. What matters most? Have you applied what you have learned? Applied knowledge is better than just gaining knowledge. Proverbs 29, verse 18. A very familiar passage of Scripture. That says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The number one problem of why people don't succeed and why Christians don't go on for the Lord, and why young people leave the church in epidemic numbers is found right here in this very simple passage of Scripture. There is no vision. Do you have a vision for your life? I want this church to be a church that's got some vision. Are we going to go somewhere? Do we stand for something? Do we believe for something? Are we willing to face some fear and go forward? You know why a lot of churches are dying? It isn't because the big mega churches are taking over, although that is a reason. It's just not the only reason. You know what the big mega church has? It's got a bit of a vision for people. They can do stuff. They can get involved with stuff. Yeah, but it's all worldly activities. All of it. Most of it. And I'm against a lot of the stuff that they're doing, and I'm sure you are too. But I will say they bring people in. They get them plugged in. They give them some vision. And say what you want. 
a lot of the churches that are dying, this is not the only reason they're dying, but one reason they're dying is there's no vision. It is what it is. We're going to be what we've always been. And you don't want to say the dirty word of change. And then the, the, uh, the F word is, you know, everybody knows the F word today is fair. <laughs> you, you, that's not fair. It doesn't need to be fair. We're here to glorify God, honor God, so let's get, just get people involved. Well, how come I can't do that? That's not fair. Why does it have to be fair? <laughs> Why can't that person just do that? And if you don't, aren't qualified to do that or aren't interested in doing that, why can't you just do something else and be fine with that person? Now, if we come up with a legitimate reason, that's different. But the idea, we're just going to look for reasons to fuss and fight because it really all it was, it wasn't just, it was just a little bit of change. There has to be a vision. Fathers, you have to have a vision for your family. Mothers, you have to have a vision for your children. Churches have to have a vision for their church. Companies have a vision for their company. Everybody that has a vision receives the blessing that comes along with that principle. Last thing we see in there. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. If God's laws and commandments and what he asks of us is grievous, we're not going to find happiness. We're butting up against God. We can find happiness in what God says. He's a happy God. We can be happy serving Him. Discipline is needed with the ability to take action. Discipline says do it now. Procrastination says do it later. I get excited when sometimes uh, my kids will want to start their homeschool work the night before. <laughs> wow, what an extreme opposite of procrastination. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Now it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, you should praise God for it. I'll only do what's required and no more. That's an undisciplined mindset. You don't want to hire that person and you don't want that person to be your workmate. That person will wear you out. I'll get done what's expected and no more. Time's a ticking though. And you're just doing what's expected of you. Discipline is doing what needs to be done when you don't want to do it. That's called discipline. Discipline. How do you be disciplined? Easy. You understand that it's easy. 
It's easy to do, and it's easy not to do. What time do you go to bed? It's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. What time do you get up in the morning? 7 a.m., 6.30 at the crack of dawn, that's easy to do, but it's easy not to do because you can sleep till 3 in the afternoon and just waste away half the day. Things that are easy to do most of the time are easy not to do. You're going to pay the price easy way. You're going to pay the price either way. Discipline will cost you pennies and regret will cost you millions. And if you sleep your life away, if you don't live a disciplined life, you're going to regret it and that's going to cost you more. Understand. It's a full-time job. How many of you children would like to grow up and be able to earn a million dollars? Nobody? How about $10,000? Maybe a million is... Would you like to earn some money when you grow up? Put your hand up if you'd like to earn money and have money. You all would, right? Well, at least mine did yesterday when we were at the store. and said, can I buy this? <laughs> You're going to need some money. It's the same discipline that it takes to make your bed. And it's the same discipline it takes to clean your room. It's easy to do, but it's easy not to do. One discipline will affect the next. If you created a vision for all of your simple habits that you need to do. All right, get Job chapter 4. You want to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ? You want to have a vision so you don't perish and those that are following you don't perish? These are simple, simple principles this morning. We're not getting real deep theology. We're getting real practical, functional living. Job chapter 4, verse number 8. God says, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. You sow right, you're going to reap right. You sow wrong, you're going to reap wrong. You sow goodness, you're going to reap goodness. You sow bad things, you're going to reap bad things. You sow spiritual things, you're going to reap spiritual things. You sow sin and iniquity, you're going to reap the consequences of sin and iniquity. And you will always reap more than what you think you'll reap. Whatever you sow out, chances are you're going to reap more of that are you patient or are you kind or are you unkind and cruel? What does the Bible say? They that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter number 6. Kids, if you're awake, say amen. amen. 
Well, to make sure nobody's falling asleep back there. It's not too hot in here, is it? There's a reason why your parents give you rules. They want you to be a disciplined soldier. They want you to be disciplined. Chapter, uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. But verse number 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You live a disciplined Christian life, you're going to reap all the benefits that God has for you. If you can remember that verse. Don't be deceived, God is not mocked. You want the things that are going to benefit you as a Christian young person, not the things that are going to hurt you. Why do I have rules? Go like this with your finger. Rules create offense. Offense is a boundary wall. See, God's for building a wall. <laughs> it's a boundary wall of protection. That's one of the reasons God has rules in place. And that's one of the reasons parents have rules in place. But God is a perfect gentleman. He allows you to do what you want to do because you're going to do what you want to do anyway. Parents, we put rules in place and we restrain our children. And we need to restrain them. And we need to put rules in place. We need to have boundaries in place. But when they become a certain age, they are going to do what they want to do because they want to do it. What do you want to do? Do you want to love God? Do you want to serve God? My mom's mean. My dad's mean. Well, guess what? We're all mean. You, you, you turn 46 years old and then you tell me you're not mean sometimes. I'm mean sometimes. I try not to be mean all the time, but I have my moments of meanness. And you find someone that's 50 or 55 or 60 and ask them if they have any mean moments. They're old. <laughs> They're mean. Leave them alone. When you get that old, then you can get a pass for being mean. And then all the old people get together and they can preach at each other. But kids, don't preach at them. You respect them. You love them. And you know what? They love you and they've seen enough junk happen to know that if you do that, that will hurt you. And you know why they grow up to be mean and old and bitter? Because they're sick of seeing the junk. And they know it's coming again. So you should listen up when an old person is telling you something when it's coming across a little not soft and nicey and gently and all marshmallowy. I'm smiling. <laughs> okay, it's, it's true. It's true. God's not mocked. He isn't. They want you to have, parents want you to have clear boundaries of comfort and security. You know what that's going to create in you, young person? 
the confidence to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ. That's what we want to train them for. Discipline your mind, discipline your eyes, discipline your body. In, in the Bible, there's warnings and examples. And in your life, there's going to be warnings and examples. And if you don't discipline what goes into your mind, if you don't discipline what goes into your eyes, if you don't discipline what your body gets involved with, you're not going to have the confidence to go on for the Lord. It's an epidemic. What goes into kids' minds today is absolutely frightening. They get the pictures from these movie screens of all this death, and I'm not even going to go into all of it, and all that gets into their mind through their eyes. By five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, their eyes have already been burnt out by porno pictures and dirty things and naked stuff, and now it's into their mind. Yeah, that young, that young. You know where they see it? On the phone, from a friend's computer, from somebody's TV, from Hollywood movies. And they get burned into their mind and their eyes and then their bodies get involved with this filth. But the preacher's the mean man. The old guy at the corner... Uh, grocery store that's a Christian that's out of church because he's sick of all the hypocrisy of Christians that can tell you some good old-fashioned truth right on a bench. I mean, that's where we're at. Yeah, I think the guy should be in church. Sure I do. There's, there's hypocrites everywhere. That doesn't stop you from going to Walmart. But, nonetheless, I get where he's at. You got to discipline yourself. Discipline yourself. Shoulders brave. Soldiers disciplined. And a soldier thinks differently. And because he thinks differently, he's prepared. Now, children, I've used this example before. I'll use it again. You, we have all, we'll use it for children more specifically. You have all made a decision already to be rained on every single one of you kids sitting right here in your mind right now you've already decided to be rained on you know how i know that because none of you have an umbrella on your lap <laughs> which means you're not prepared and part of being disciplined is being prepared now i don't want you to go home and tell your dad the preacher said i got to carry your umbrella around all the time but i'm giving you a word picture so that you can get in your mind Get a hold of something where you can see what it means to be prepared. Somebody that doesn't want to get rained on, you know what they have all the time? An umbrella. Somebody that wasn't going to be duped and isn't going to be tricked by this world's philosophy. You know what they're going to have on them all the time? God's Word. Whether it's written in their heart, in their head, or a Bible under their arm, they're going to have God's Word. You've got to think different. If you think different, you'll increase your chances of success. Now, how many of you know Marine? anybody that's a Marine? I know some Marines. I've trained a couple of Marines. I have some friends that are Marines. And there's two people that understand Marines. Marines 
and then the enemy. <laughs> They're the only two people that really understand Marines. Everybody else, it's just hearsay, secondhand knowledge. You're going to try to relate. Um, and you're just going to have your own opinion. You kind of have to be a little bit with that Marine mentality. Nobody understands me. The enemy understands you. That's why he doesn't want you open your mouth for Jesus Christ. That's why he's fine with you coming to church. Just keep it in the church. Don't go out. That's why he's fine with you having Christian parents as long as you don't become a Christian. The enemy knows. You got to watch out for the enemy. You got to be prepared. Now, you can't blame others because you can't control others. You take responsibility for your future and you decide to think different. Instead of always asking the other guy, how you doing? Ask yourself, how you doing? <laughs> Let's take an inventory check on ourselves. Let's get Luke 22. Try to change your habits. Try to improve your manners. Try and volunteer yourself. Don't hope for a better wind. Build a better sail. The definition of easy just means you can do it, but it is going to take some work. Why doesn't everybody do it? Because things that are easy to do are easy not to do. Luke 22, verse number 39. And when he came out and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. This is Jesus. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, here's what Jesus said, pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. What are you fellas doing? Is praying easy? It is. Is it easy not to do? It is. You got to pray. You got to talk to the Lord. Things that are easy to do are easy not to do. Jesus is in the garden sweating drops of blood, as it were, and the disciples are sleeping. Sleeping. 
When Jesus asks you to do something, it's typically easy to do. Romans 12, present your body a living sacrifice. Is that easy to do? It is. Is it easy not to do? It is. He asks them to pray. And then he says, rise and pray. Come on, fellas. You're going to enter into temptation. And you don't want that. Praying is easy to do. It's easy not to do. We got to take what Jesus says, and if he's talking right to it, they're right there with him. And we got to take it to heart, and we've got to do it. Success in the Christian life is a few good habits done every day. You going to pray each day? Or a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. You're going to sleep some more. A lot of people are asleep for Jesus Christ. Let's wake up. Let's arise and wake up. Do you know why some people fail? Okay. Tomorrow morning, instead of waking up and praying, don't pray. Okay? And then what you'll find out is, by the end of the day, you'll say, Ooh, I didn't pray. An absolute disaster didn't happen in one day. And that right there is why people fail. Because disaster doesn't come on the first day. A week, and then a month, and then a year, and then a decade, and then two decades. Because you've developed a habit of getting out of God's Word. You've developed a habit of not praying. You've developed a habit of I think I'm just going to listen to this. I'm going to block it out. And you develop that habit and disaster doesn't hit. And that's why people fail. But if you can stay disciplined, if you've got a vision, if you want to be a good soldier, if you understand God can't be mocked, if you understand God says pray, just do it. And you develop these habits over time, and you follow biblical principles over time, you're going to find you're going to make a difference. You know why people succeed? Because they know success is not going to come that day. And they're willing to put the work in because they know someday it's going to come. And we have to tell people come, they're unsure what division to enter into because they want to be in the best division where they have the best chances of winning. And me and the staff have to tell them, if you're a white belt, is this your first tournament? Great, welcome. We want you to have a good time. Don't expect to be on podium your first tournament. Go out there, try your best, try to win. Don't go out there and try to lose. It's your first show, man. It's your first tournament. You might get wiped out. Everybody has. Success is not going to show up and knock on your door at the first tournament, the first witnessing opportunity, the, your first Bible lesson, your first Sunday school class. It's not. Good habits done day after day. Kids, you awake? Yeah. Say amen, amen, amen. All right, I want to make sure you're paying attention. You got to think different. You're ready to press on for Jesus. Get Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. I felt like some of you are falling asleep on me. You're hearing about discipline. 
Proverbs 18. What are you going to do if your best friend follows the ways of the world? You're going to think different? Follow Christ? Or you're going to follow them? Proverbs 18.24, the Bible says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Jesus is my friend. Is he yours? I hope he is. I know he's going to always go the right way so I can always follow him. But everybody else, my best friend, if he goes one way and it's not the right way, I'm going to love him. I'm going to encourage him to turn his path. But I'm not going to go that way. Lord helping me, God helping me. I would encourage you to do the same thing. All right, a soldier is brave, a soldier is disciplined, a soldier thinks different and is prepared, and a soldier knows pain is temporary. And if you're around me long enough, and if you stub your toe, or you hit your finger with a hammer, or you get caught in a sticker bush, or somebody punches you in the eye, I'm going to say to you, well, I have good news and bad news. What do you want first? But it hurts. Well, the good news is pain goes away. The bad news is it hasn't gone away yet. <laughs> it eventually goes away. <laughs> it eventually goes away. If you fall off your horse seven times, they say you're a real cowboy. Because that means you've gotten on each time. In order to fall off again, you had to have gotten back on. So I'm going to ask you, if you had a vision, did you fall off your vision? Did you have a disciplined Bible and pray time? Did you fall off that? You had to get back on it. Get back on it. Discipline. Cost pennies. Regrets will cost you millions. Now, Finishing up, we all have growing pains. We all have a problem with growing to the full potential that God would have us grow if we're saved because of our flesh. Our flesh ain't saved. It's Romans 7, O wretched man that I am. It's the war between the, this body of flesh that we seem to be trapped in and that we're warring against our soul that's saved. And because of that, we can't grow to the full potential that we would want to grow. But we can. Because instead of looking at, oh, my sin nature prevents me, you got to look at it one sin at a time, one situation at a time, and beat it then. And then you'll have a much more success of getting back on the horse and going again. You want to be a real cowboy, you got to take each fall as it comes. You can't look at every single fall that you think could happen because of whatever it is in your head. One at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And it's interesting that other parts of God's creation doesn't think this way. You see, we don't think we can be all that God would have us to be because of our sin nature, because of our flesh. I could never be all that God would have me to be because I've done this, because of this, my past, because of my history, because of this, because of that. 
Trees don't think that way. God created trees. You ever hear of a tree that said, I'm only going to grow as half as high as I really think God wants me to be? No, a tree is going to branch out. It's going to go deep roots. Those roots are going to go as deep as those roots can go and as wide as they can go on those branches. We can do the same thing as Christians. We can go as deep. Our roots, our roots can go as deep as we want them to go. And our branches can go as wide as we want them to go. We just got to trust God. We got to be disciplined. All right, finish up. You want to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you've got to develop the disciplines to do it. Remember, things that are easy to do are easy not to do. Very good. Is praying easy to do? It's also easy not to do. Is getting up early in the morning easy to do? It is, but it's also easy not to do. It's also easy not to do because your flesh wants to sleep a little bit more. I get it. I get it. But there's two types of pain. Which is the greater pain? The pain of discipline or the pain of regret? The pain of regret. Oh, I regret that. You talk to somebody that's 40 or over and they're going to tell you 50 or over, 60 or over. You find somebody 70 or over, you got yourself a room full of good advice you're going to get. Life advice. Life advice. You want to live a happy life? Try the best you can to just love and obey God. Even if the people around you, your circumstances and environment isn't the best. Because the pain of regret hurts more than the pain of discipline. All right, we'll finish out. Review those verses. You want to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ? That's 2 Timothy 2 4. Galatians 6 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Remember, Job 4.8, Even as I have seen they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. And lastly, remember Proverbs 29.18, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you, Father God, for your word. Do hope and pray the message was edifying. Got some practical scriptural advice this morning. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.